Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. You will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know about you, but it seems that Advent has flown by in the very blink of an eye. Perhaps this season feels a little compressed because the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. We will celebrate the birth of Jesus this evening, but this morning we are still in Advent. This morning we contemplate the Annunciation to Mary by the angel Gabriel. The Annunciation is probably very familiar to many of us here. It has been portrayed in art, in music, song and pageants for generations. If I said the Annunciation by Gabriel to Mary, you would probably conjure up an image of it in your mind just from those words. And because this passage is so familiar to us, we may not realize how radical this encounter was and is for us today. I don't know about you, but I find that the gospel narrative of the Christmas season has become a touch too domesticated, a touch too hallmarked for me to truly appreciate the enormity of it all. Mary is this young woman, we think somewhere around the age of 14, who was going about her day when suddenly Gabriel appears. 
Mary is astonished by this. Gabriel tells her that she has found favor with the Lord. Just pause for one moment and imagine how you would respond if Gabriel met you for lunch and somewhere over coffee, he just announced that you had found favor in God's sight. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I would begin to list all the reasons why Gabriel and God were wrong. Clearly, Gabriel and God wanted Pope Francis or Michael Curry or William Barber, anyone, anyone else but me. And upon hearing that she was to bear a son, Mary is clearly confused because she is a virgin. She knows enough that it takes two to tango. And this poor, uneducated girl is smart enough and brave enough to ask questions and not blindly accept these words from Gabriel. The angel, in response, tells her that the spirit of the Lord will overtake her and that she will bear a son. And as evidence of this, we hear another annunciation. The angel declares to Mary that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant. Elizabeth, old and barren, is with child, for with God, Nothing is impossible. It is when Mary hears of Elizabeth's conception. This is when she stops asking questions. It is then when she says in words that are so familiar to our ears, here am I, the servant of the Lord, that it be with me according to thy word. Mary would have had some idea of what her yes would mean. She probably realized that there would be gossip in town. There would be those good people of the community who would look at her and smile and then say behind their hands, did you hear about Mary? She'd have to explain all of this to Joseph, her espoused husband. And like many first-time parents, she probably wondered if she would be a good mother. Would she love her child? Would she be able to keep her son safe in a very hostile world? I also wonder what would happen if the angel Gabriel had given Mary the full story. What if Gabriel had said these words instead? Fear not, Mary, you have found God's favor and you will bear God's son. Sounds great, right? Wait, there's more. You will take him to the temple and present him and you will be told that some will follow him and others will despise him. You will be told that a sword will pierce your heart your son will lead a revolution. You will think that he is insane and you and your family will try to restrain him. He will declare in the presence of you and others that those who follow the will and words of God are his brothers and sisters 
and not his actual family, you will feel the sting of rejection. Your son will enter into Jerusalem at the head of this amazing parade and he will overturn tables in the temple. You will see him hang on a cross. You will watch your son die. And then, and then you will see him rise and ascend. Your life, the life of the whole world, will never be the same. Perhaps if Mary had heard this, she might have had a different answer. Perhaps Mary would have said no, and we would then have a creed that somehow talks about the Virgin Lucy. When I was 17, <coughs> I helped deliver Christmas baskets that our church had made. One family still stands out to me. They lived in a trailer in this very muddy, dirty part of the trailer park that was on the edge of the town. We knocked on the door and the mother opened it. She was excited to see us and yet I felt very badly because we were disturbing them. They must have just gotten home from an appointment or something because they were wearing their coats and she and her son, who was about my age, came out to help us unload the basket. As we were leaving, and just before the door to their trailer closed, I heard her son exclaim, Look, Mom, food! For some reason, I never forgot this day. I think at the time it was because of how good it made me feel. But years later, while I discerned my call to ministry, that story came back to my mind and God, God was born in me in a new and different way. It dawned on me that they were not wearing their coats because they had just arrived home. They were wearing their coats because it was cold in their trailer. The son wasn't simply excited about Christmas dinner, he was excited about simply having any food in his trailer. As I reflected on that moment, I heard God's call more clearly in my life to serve those who were experiencing want or need, to those that had been marginalized, to those that seemed to have been forgotten. It's odd how God works. God works, it seems, by entering into our lives in small ways, only to change our lives completely. Mary agreed to bear the Son of God. I'm not sure that she signed up for the rest of it. I agreed to deliver food baskets. I did not agree to a deeper relationship with God, let alone being ordained. And yet here we are. There is this beautiful poem, The Coming of God, by Anne Weems, that seems to me to speak to all of this as well. 
and I would like to share this poem with you this morning. Our God is the one who comes to us in a burning bush, in an angel's song, in a newborn child. Our God is the one who cannot be found locked in the church, not even in the sanctuary. Our God will be where God will be, with no constraints, no predictability. Our God lives where our God lives, and the destruction has no power, and even death cannot stop the living. Our God will be born where God will be born, but there is no place to look for the one who comes to us. When God is ready, God will come even to a God-forsaken place, like a stable in Bethlehem. Watch, for you know not when God comes. Watch, that you might be found whenever, wherever God comes. If God can be born in a God-forsaken place like a stable in Bethlehem, then God can and will be born again and again and again in our God-created souls and in our God-formed lives. God is still speaking to the people of God, to you and to me. God is still calling us to relationship sometimes through very small acts and with very small steps. When God calls and when we say yes, we are invited to grow into deeper relationship with God. When we say yes, we will be transformed no matter where we are, no matter what we are no matter who we are. Our God comes. So wait and watch and listen and say yes. <laughs>